This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise Jesus. Amen. You're excited this morning. I can pick that up. Amen. You don't need to be prophetic to see that you are very excited to receive from the Lord today. Amen. Well, for welcome family, welcome to uh, Christian Family Church this morning. I trust that the Lord has got something big for you, something great for you, and God's going to impact your life this morning. There's going to be a Holy Spirit collision in your life this morning. Amen. I want to say to you that you need to expect more than you've been expecting because God's, going to, God's busy raising the bar. God's busy raising the bar. The spiritual temperature is increasing across the globe. Amen. And you want to engage. Amen. We need to have a double engagement, actually. So I'm excited to be here for you. For those of you that do not know, uh, Pastor Theo and Bev led me to the Lord 38 years ago um, and uh, deposited much in my life. Pastor Theo's ministry, Pastor Bev has uh, done so much for me and my family. Uh, It's been 38 years. I was 17 years old when I gave my life to the Lord in this ministry. I was 17 years old. Today, I'm nearly 55 few more weeks. (laughs) Amen. So I appreciate them and I will be eternally grateful for what they've done in my life. Amen. And still do. And still deposit in my life. Praise the Lord. You ready? Praise God. Let's all close our eyes. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Father, that we can stand in your presence, in your throne room, and not one of us being excluded in your throne room. Father God, we are all included within the four walls of your throne room. I ask you now, Father God, that you will envelop this service in the atmosphere of eternity where your people will even experience the flapping of your angels' wings. Thank you, Father, that your people will not hear the voice of man. They will not experience the touch of man. They will experience your voice. They will experience your touch. And every heart, Father God, will increase in their spiritual temperature towards you, Father God, what you are busy doing in and through their lives, what your mandate and your assignments are for each person, Father God, that's seated in this place today and also watching us online. Thank you, Father God, for each person being touched by your eternal touch today. And we give you all the glory, all the praise, and everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, family. God bless you. Today I've got my lovely wife, my lovely wife with me. Sis, stand up, please. Stand up. This is my lovely wife. She just flew in from France. And um, I always say I'll never be the man that I am without her. Amen. Really, men, appreciate and celebrate your wives. Your wife, not wives. (laughs) Amen. Your wife. (laughs) I've been married now 34 years to the same woman. Amen. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. Well, when we see, when we look at the news, we see many things happening across the globe. Uncommon problems that needs attention. And it seems like no one's got the solution. But God's allowing uncommon problems today to manifest because they need uncommon solutions by uncommon people who worship an uncommon God. And this is happening today. There's a great awakening in many people's lives that are engaging with the Spirit of God 
at this time and in this hour across the face of the earth that is connected to God and flowing with Him. The Word of God says that uh, the heart of a king is like a stream of water in the hands of the Lord. He guides it wherever He wishes and so I want to be guided by the Spirit of God like never before in my life. I experience in my own life, knowing the Lord now for 38 years, there's a greater intensity in the Spirit that I've never imagined could manifest in such a way in my own personal life. And God is doing this all over the globe. God is knocking at our door. And God says, if you open, I'll enter, and I'm going to feast with you, and I'm going to release a sound for your life that will allow your own uniqueness to come forth and to be seen. And this is what God is doing. I want to say to you that the Lord is setting you up for exalted experiences. The Lord is setting you up for a higher purpose. And if there's any blindness or any distraction in your life or any clutter in your mind, God is about to evict this from your life. God is wanting His people to see clearly. God is wanting His people to discern clearly. And God is wanting His people to walk in full confidence that He is with you. And wherever you put your foot on, that territory is yours. You are marked by God. And God is raising up an army that has been unknown to this earth before time began. God has already originated this plan. Oh, I want to say to you today that there's a second touch of Jesus about to hit your family. There's a second touch of Jesus about to hit your life. This is, but what are we expecting? God is alive. I want to say to you, I see people hitting the archery of heaven, one after the other. I see limitations being broken. Every limitation in our life is imaginary. There's no limitation on the people of God. God says uncommon problems will be solved by uncommon solutions brought by uncommon people because they serve an uncommon God. And I want to be recognized on this earth. I want to be seen. My heart needs to be revealed. There's a second touch of Jesus. I want to read to you. <laughs> Say with me, un, uh, exalted experiences. Is about to hit my life. Praise God for the past. I'm grateful for what the Lord has done in my life. I'm thankful for that. But I'm not satisfied. And we should not be satisfied. There are businesses here today... You thought you, you, you're seeing the end for your business. No, God says you're only going to see the beginning. There's a second touch of Jesus happening on the face of this earth. A second touch. The Bible is marked with the second touch. You've maybe known, you've known maybe the Lord for now 40 years, for 30 years, and you've, exp you've seen miracles, you've seen the supernatural. You ain't seen nothing yet. What are you expecting? 
And if you've expected something, you need to expect more than you've been expecting. The truth is the Lord is not leaving us in our current condition and He's also not going to support us in the condition we are in. You've been surviving, but you've not been thriving. You've been hanging on, but God says, I need you to let go. I need you to let go and trust me. Can you not trust me with what I have in my heart for you? There's something happening. God is taking off layers. God is taking off scales of people's eyes and minds. And he's running down the corridors of your mind, evicting things that has held you back. I want to say to you today that the Lord is wanting us to fight fresh demons. We've been fighting the same old, same old, same old demons for just too long. Woo! I want to read a a story to you. Mark chapter 8, verse 22 to 26 in the New Living Translation. Verse 22 says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Now, okay, let me go. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. So in other words, they could only distinguish its, he could only distinguish, distinguish or discern it's a person if that person moved. Otherwise, he would think it's a tree. Many Christians are seeing things and they cannot distinguish what it is until there's a movement. And then he goes on to say, the Bible goes on to say in verse 25, then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. My word. Jesus said, sent him away saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. So here's a man, as Jesus comes into the town of Bethsaida, being brought to Jesus, which is blind by a group of people. Now, if you look at the Bible, Matthew chapter 11, verse 21 says that Bethsaida was a place where they had much unbelief where they lacked faith, where Jesus actually said if the same miracles would have happened in Bethsaida, uh, in, uh, in Sodom and Gomorrah that happened in Bethsaida, they would have repented. So Bethsaida was a place of unbelief, but there was a group of people that brought a man to Jesus that was blind, and they knew that Jesus could cure him, Jesus could heal him. Although everyone around those people were filled with cynicism, unbelief, and a lack of faith. But there was a group of people that believed. 
I want to say to you today that God is raising up a group of people that are believing in an uncommon way for great things. The word Bethsaida also means house of fish. It was a bustling fishing town, Bethsaida. It actually means fish pond. And I want to say to you today, there are many people in this house this morning and watching online. You've been praying for a family member for a long time. You've been praying for people to meet Jesus for a long time. God is fishing in your pond. God is about to turn that family member around and allow him to have an encounter with Jesus in this time and in this hour. Even that, even that person is surrounded by cynicism and by a lack of faith and by a lack of believe, believing in God. I want to say to you that God is fishing in your pond. But this blind man is being brought to Jesus. Ho vision. Maybe you are seated here today and there's no more vision in your life. But the moment you start standing in the presence of God, things shift and things change. Because you cannot stand in God's presence and not receive vision, not receive clarity, not receive guidance, not receive the way that God wants you to take. Not to see what God has prepared for you before time began. In the presence of God, you enter into another dimension. You think differently. You operate differently. You expect differently. You talk differently. You listen differently. Because things can always metamorphosize and transform the moment you stand in the presence of God. Doesn't matter what the world Brings against you. Doesn't matter if you are surrounded by cynicism. Doesn't matter if you are surrounded by unbelief. Doesn't matter if you are surrounded by opinions of others. I need a blind man. Pastor Ebert, come here. You're going to be the blind man today. So now they bring a blind man to Jesus in the village. Thank you, Pastor Ebert. Close your eyes. You're blind. Thank you. Here's something we need to understand about a blind man or a blind person. They need familiarity. That blind man was comfortable in Bethsaida. He knew exactly where he met Jesus because they brought him to Jesus in Nelson Mandela Avenue, just in front of the F&B bank. He knew where he was at. He knew his environment and he felt comfortable in his environment. He knew if he had to walk 50 meters down Nelson Mandela Avenue and he turned right, he would be in his Taylor Street. The one that made him and clothed him so well that he would be acceptable for society. He knew his environment. He needed familiarity for him to move around and to operate as independent as possible. He needed the familiar. He knew where his bookkeeper was. If he went down Governor Becky Avenue and he turned left, he knew that he would be in Church Street. Probably those years, Synagogue Street. And he knew that that's where he would meet with his uh, bookkeeper because, I mean, 
Listen, his bookkeeper had to handle his books. He was receiving alms. And a way of giving alms is part of, giving alms is part of Jewish culture. They did not give small alms. They gave good alms. But he knew where he was at. He was familiar with his surroundings. You may be familiar with your surroundings today, and you may be comfortable with your surroundings, but it's not necessarily where God has called you to operate in because God is taking away limitations, thinking things that has been limiting you and holding you back. So he needed familiarity to operate in. He needed a certain surrounding, a certain condition to thrive in, in his own way. But you see, he wasn't operating by design. He was operating by default. He was blind. He's never been created to be blind. He's never been meant to be blind. He was he had two eyes, and those two eyes needed to see. Oh, my word. Jesus does something that actually shocks everyone around him, especially the, the crowd of cynicism and unbelief. He takes him by the hand, grabs his hand, takes a grip of his hand, and says, I'm not going to leave you between these people. I'm going to remove you. But now I need you to trust me. I know you can't see. I know this is going to be a challenge for you. I know that you're going to be stretched in your faith. I know that you are familiar with your surroundings, but where I'm taking you, you will not be familiar with your surroundings. You'll need to trust what I have in my heart for you. And so today, many people of God are being taken to the extremity of their familiarity. And so he was still okay going down Nelson Mandela Avenue. Okay, Jesus, I've, uh, I'm following you. I'm going with you. Just keep on holding my hand. And when he hit Governor Becky Avenue, he knew exactly this is the place where his tailor was. Okay, Jesus, I'm still okay. Okay, then they, now he goes down to Church Street or Synagogue Street. Okay, Jesus, I still know where I am. But if we go down this, this, this avenue a little further on, I'm going to leave the place what I know and I'm accustomed to. And they reached the borderline of Bethsaida. And for a blind man to leave his familiar space is a huge challenge. And he's walking with a man that's never met. He's putting his trust in a, in a man, in God, that is only starting To develop a relationship with. But he knows, he feels the vibrations of heaven. 
out of Jesus' heart, hitting his heart. But things are shifting and changing and moving in his heart while he's walking with Jesus. And now he's getting at the border. Now he knows if he goes just a little too, just two or three steps further down this line, he's going to cross the border and then he's in the unfamiliar. And it's only him and Jesus. I can only imagine that when he hit that border, there was a double engagement. <laughs> I'm very sure that he took both his hands and gripped Jesus' hand. Said, Jesus, now I'm in unfamiliar territory here. I need to be walking close to you. Jesus, I cannot leave your side. Jesus, I need to be close to you. Jesus, he doesn't, he, the, the, the word, the, the, the scripture of in him I live and move and exist didn't, wasn't written yet. But he felt the, vob, the, the pulsating vibrations out of Jesus' heart, hitting his heart. He knew I live and move and exist, Jesus. I need to leave my past behind. God is not going to support you in your current condition. Just like the man that sat at the gate called Beautiful at the entrance of the synagogue in Acts chapter, two, in Acts chapter 9, where, uh, Acts chapter 3. <laughs> Where, they, where he was expecting arms from Peter and John. But the Bible says that Peter looked at him with attention. That word attention means stretching. I want to say to you that God is looking at his people with attention. That means I'm going to stretch you. But I'm not going to support you in your current condition. He was expecting arms. So that he could still live. So that he could still survive so that he could still make it in his current condition. Don't expect God to support you in your current condition. God has got more for you. Oh, my word. Who of you are satisfied with what you have today? I'm sorry. In God, there's more than what you are experiencing today. There's more. There's more. There's more. I want to say to you today, if you've got a business, think about your figure and double it because God can take it. God can do it for you. If you think about your ministry, think about it and trust God for more. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my word. God's spirit is moving over here. Who's experiencing the tangible presence of God? So I can only imagine there was a double engagement. He needed to leave his bookkeeper behind. He needed to leave his hairdresser behind. He needed to leave his tailor behind that, may, that clothed him well enough for him to be accepted by society. He needed to leave many voices behind. I want to say to you today, there are business people here today. Your bookkeeper, your accountant is not seeing what God is wanting to do in your life. You need to get a new one that can see what God is wanting to birth and to bring into your life. Some of you, your bank has seen you going to where you were, to where you are today, but they cannot see further into the future. You need a new bank that can see what God is wanting to do. 
God is about to touch your spiritual sight. Too many Christians are fighting blindness. There's a second touch of Jesus needed to see what God has predestined for you before time began. You cannot be satisfied. You cannot be seated here and expect this is what God has for you. God has more for you. God has great things for you. God has over-the-top things for you. God will bless you in such a way that it will surpass your wildest imagination. It's your time to be touched by Jesus a second time. Took him over the boundary line, double engagement going on. The Bible said that he led him outside the village, away from the crowd, away from the voices of cynicism, restrictions and opinions. Wanting to put a lid on his life. Not one of them could remove his blindness. They could make him look nice, cut his hair, dress him up, work his accounts, advance some money for him, but they could not remove his blindness. And so the Bible says that Jesus made him stand in front of him, outside Bethsaida, outside the bustling fishing town. And Jesus spat on his eyes. I'll spit now. Just <laughs> don't worry. I'll spit quite accurately. Don't worry. I'll spit your eyes, not your ears. And Jesus spat on both eyes. Now, if you look at John chapter 9, there was a blind man, born, a man born blind. And Jesus prayed for him, but Jesus first spat on the ground and made mud with his saliva. And then he smeared it on the man's eyes in John chapter 9. The mud represents our flesh. Or the dirt represents our flesh. The spit represents the anointing. The presence. If you want to experience the morphic field in your life, and Jesus talks about, that's another teaching, talks about the morphic field in, in, in um, Mark chapter 4 where he talks about the four different soils. You need your heart to be saturated with the presence of God every day in your life. If you want God's seed to produce in your life, you need to be saturated by the presence of God. And so Jesus spitting on the man's eyes was representing the anointing that was destined for that man. His presence came upon that man. And he asked the man to open his eyes. And he asked the man, what do you see? And the man said, I see people that look like trees that's moving around. He could see after the first time Jesus prayed for him. But he could not yet accurately discern. There are so many Christians today that can see, but they cannot accurately discern. I say the people that, that you know, suffers of the confirmation syndrome. 
Oh, Pastor, please pray for me. I believe this is what the Lord is telling me, but would you pray for me? I, I really need confirmation. I want to say to you that God is raising up a people that will have no hesitation. <laughs> Why? Am I saying this? Because the Bible promises us that. I'm not saying that we don't need advisors, we don't need counselors, and we don't need prophets. And I, I know that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there's a place in God. We are so one with God. Those who are joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. For who has known, 2 Corinthians, 5 verse, 1, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, For who has known, understood the mind, the counsels, and purposes of the Lord, so as to guide and instruct Him and give Him knowledge. But we have the mind of Christ and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of His heart. In, in other words, I can know what God feels. I can know what God carries in His heart for me in my present circumstances. That's my inheritance. That's my privilege. That's your privilege. That's your benefit. To be one with God, to be able to walk on the face of this earth, knowing that all limitations are imaginary because we serve a God that is not of this world but wants to be known in this world through your life, being a conduit of His love, being a conduit of His kindness, being a conduit of His goodness, being a conduit of His provision, being a conduit, touching people, changing people eternally. You are God's address on earth because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are heaven on earth for people. That's the way God is wanting to reveal himself in and through our lives. It all depends on us. So many Christians are walking around doubting. Not discerning. And so Jesus prays a second time for this man. I don't know if he spat a second time. Maybe I should try it now, Pastor <laughs> Prayed a second time for this man. And he asked him, okay, what do you see now? He saw immediately, the Bible says, clearly. I want to say to you, there's a touch coming on your life that will bring immediate restoration. Perfect clarity. That will remove all doubt. All hesitations, all limitations, and you will see clearly. Now, the one hand, Jesus, you know, the Bible says Jesus put both hands on the man's eyes, both his hands. One hand representing the blind man's inheritance in God. We know our inheritance in the Lord. We know the promises of God. But, you know, I've just seen so many Christians Knowing God just enough for His promises, but not enough to be challenged by Him. I've seen so many Christians that know God to have the Holy Spirit, but not the Holy Spirit having them. And that's why Jesus is coming into people's lives today and overturning the tables. And He says, you will not dress the table. I'm going to put the table, the cutlery at the place I want it to be for your life. You will not dictate. 
One hand representing your inheritance in God, but the other hand representing God's inheritance in you. What is God wanting to do in your life today? What sacrifices need to be done today? If you cannot pick up your cross, not my, not the cross that I need to pick up, your cross, you are not fit. Luke chapter 14. We've got our cross to carry. Can I have the guy on the keyboard, please? Thank you. We've got our, yeah, yeah, you're not there. I bet you can now see. I know you can see now. And so what did Jesus tell this blind man? Don't go back to the village. You stay out of that village. That village has disqualified you long enough. That village has captured you long enough. Kept you in... That cynicism has contaminated you long enough, has corrupted you long enough. I've given you village, I've given you vision. Now you go back home, not going through the village. You need another bookkeeper, you need another bank, you need another set of connections. Thank you, Pastor Everett. Now you can go. You see, there's a second touch. You see Elijah. There are Elijahs here today. Can I have the keyboard? Thank you. Please play the keyboard. There are Elijahs here today. You've been working hard for the Lord. You've been moving strongly under the hand of the Lord. But something happened just like Elijah. There was a voice after you that said, you're not qualified enough. You can't make it. You have to go and hide. There's no one else thinking like you, believing like you, trusting God like you. And what did Elijah do? He ran and he hid himself in a cave. And he fell asleep after God gave him a meal. And then a second time, the angel woke him up, said, Elijah, you have, to, you have to eat a second meal, a second touch. Didn't say to Elijah, Elijah, I think you slept enough. Now take your bow, take your arrows and go and hunt for yourself and prepare your own meal. No, God prepared his meal for him. I want to say to you today, there's a rest in people's hearts that is starting to develop, that is surpassing your understanding. And even in your sleep, God is dropping assignments on you, just like he dropped that assignment on Solomon. In his sleep, a mantle dropped on Solomon in his sleep. There are people pressing into God and mantles are dropping from heaven in your sleep. It's happening right now. Everyone's eyes are closed. Christians are praying. Heads are bowed. Before I do that, my book will be available after the service. One of my books. There are three books actually out there that's available. But this is the latest one. The newest one is coming out in six weeks. Financial alignment according to kingdom rule. I'm so excited for the business people. <laughs> I'm telling you, God is dropping blueprints for business people from heaven. Strategy. God is favoring business people in the kingdom. 
this book is available at the bookstore. My team will be there and I'll be there to sign, okay? After every service. God bless you. The importance of prayer, creating your weight. No one's looking around. Christians are praying. Heads are bowed. If you are seated yet this morning and saying, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need to meet Jesus. I want to know him. I want to give my life to him. Would you please pray for me? While heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one looking around, please just raise your hand so I can pray with you. Pastor Didi, I need to meet Jesus. I want to give my life to him this morning. Please pray for me. I don't want to go through life not knowing him. I don't want to go through life not experiencing his presence. I don't want to go through life on my own anymore. I need Jesus in my life. Would you please pray for me? Just raise your hand so I can pray with you. Just show me your hand. Show me your hand. Don't be shy. Don't allow shame to keep you out of God's plan for you. I see a hand going up there. God bless you. I can't see so well all over, but I see hands going up there at the back as well. There at the back as well over there. God bless you. God bless you. Pastor, would you pray for me? Maybe you are here today and saying, I see another hand going up there. God bless you. Maybe you are here this morning and saying, Pastor Didi, I did know Jesus, but I've grown cold in heart, but I, and I want to return to Jesus this morning. Would you include me in this prayer? It would be such a privilege for me to include you in this prayer. Just raise your hand so I can pray with you as well. I see hands all over the auditorium. All over the auditorium. Angels are praising God because of you. Just raise your hand so I can include you in the prayer. So everyone that has raised their hands, I need you to stand up. Let all of us stand up, please. All of us. Let all of us stand up. And let's all pray this prayer, especially those who have raised their hands. Say with me, dear Heavenly Father. Let's try again. Dear Heavenly Father, your word says, whomever comes to you, you'll by no means reject. But you accept that person as your own. Today, I thank you that you accept me as your child. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. He came to earth, died on the cross for my sin. On the third day, he rose from the dead and today he is alive. Jesus, come into my heart right now and be my God, be my King, be my Savior. I thank you now that if I had to die today, I would go to heaven. Father, forgive me of all my sins and wash me clean with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I thank you. I'm saved. I'm your child. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.